Hello and welcome to another episode of Having a Chat. My name is Tommy Kasher, and today I'm chatting with Tipper Dwan. Tipper, mate, thank you so much for joining me. How are you? Nah, all good. I'm good, thank you. How are you going? Yeah, I'm going really well. So it's, is it 8.30? Are you in South Australia at the moment? No, I'm not in South Australia yet, so I'm still on, you know, normal time for me. <laughs> normal time, how good. Yeah. Um, but early in the morning, it's nine o'clock at the moment. And my first question is always, what did you have for breakfast? So you might not have even had breakfast yet. No, I've had breakfast. Um, me and some of the girls are together and we're like obsessed with like ham and cheese croissants right now. So like pretty much every day we go and like get a coffee and a ham and cheese croissant. <laughs> now, is that something that's only an off-season kind of breakfast for you? I'm assuming before game day you're not chowing down on a ham and cheese croissant before a game? No. Nah. <laughs> no, nah, sometimes we have like a cheeky one during the week, but um, in season, but nah, definitely not before a game. What's a routine breakfast for you, like in season when you might have a court session in the morning or weights? What are you normally going yep. to? What's your sort of staple breakfast? Um, usually, if it's like really early in the morning, I'm a bit tired, so I don't put like too much effort into it. So I either have like toast with peanut butter and jam, that's a good one. Yes. Or just like yogurt and muesli or something, just something really easy. <laughs> I find um, the peanut butter and jam a really good like afternoon snack when I'm craving something mm. a bit sweet, but one piece of toast, like we get this bread from fresh from like a bakery and I cut it real thick and it's a real good sweet kind of say a uh, craving hit i reckon the peanut butter and jam yeah i only like just got into it this year but i like absolutely love it it's so good <laughs> mate so congratulations on the move to the adelaide thunderbirds can you tell me how that decision came about yeah so um oh it was kind of a weird one i just thought i needed like kind of a fresh start sort of thing i've been with the five beds for two years so really developing but I kind of wanted to up my game a little bit kind of get a bit more game time play with a few different people so that was kind of my last decision in making um to move to the Thunderbirds so I'm pretty keen so your first year at the Firebirds as in your first year playing was when mm-hmm. Gretel wasn't playing so you got a fair bit of court time with Romelda and then when Gretel came back you didn't get as much court time and I guess how hard is it being in that professional environment where you're friends with all the people on your team, but at the end of the day, you're competing with them for a spot? Is that really hard to yeah. kind of manage that? Um, well, I kind of expected it, her being like the best goal attack in the world. I was kind of like, oh, I guess I'll just come on. But I think it's pretty hard role to be like an impact player sort of thing. Yep. That's probably what I was this year. But um we're just such good friends, like, off court, all of us. Um, we were such a tight group. So I think that's, like, team sport. You kind of just, you know, keep going. And if we're winning, it's good. So, yeah. yeah. So you said you're obviously a Brizzy girl originally. So you really settled <laughs> there, right? Was it a really difficult decision for you to weigh up moving? And you're obviously really close with all the Firebirds girls. I've seen on socials you look like you're on a holiday in Tassie with Lars <laughs> and Rudy and Gabby Simpson. So... Was that another element to it? Like, I guess you could have easily stayed at the Firebirds and just, you know, stayed as an impact player coming off the bench. But talk to me about, yeah, I guess you've touched on the decision, but can you go a layer deeper and talk about, like, 
how hard it was to make the decision to leave where you are? Yeah, so um, when I, like, made the decision, I, like, got off the phone with my manager and I just, like, started crying. I was like, oh, no, I'm leaving everyone. (laughs) Like, it's actually really sad, like, to leave such a good group of people that I'm so close with. But um, I just thought it's, like, better for my career. Like, that's how I'm going to get better. I can't really develop if I'm doing the same role that I was. So, yeah, it's pretty much all about that. And, oh, it's probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. It took me months to make, but, yeah. <laughs> it's fascinating that I guess you're able to put your career and something that's unknown as to how you're going to fit in in Adelaide, how the team's going to go next year above a really comfortable situation. I actually saw um, in my research for this chat, I saw a video with your dad um, and he mentioned you always liked to watch when you were younger and he was playing sport in the backyard or whatever with your sisters that you would sit and watch and analyze what they were doing before getting in there and playing. Is that something that still sits with you? Like were you analyzing which team you might want to go to and how you can further yourself the best? Yeah, definitely. That was probably one of the biggest things going into it. I thought, like, obviously, the Thunderbirds are a developing team and it kind of looks like they're on the rise. So I was like, oh, what a, like, great, like, group of girls to be a part of. And they're all really young. So I feel like we can, like, just grow together. And there's a few, like, older girls in there which we can learn off of. But, yeah, I just thought they look like an amazing group of girls. And, um, yeah, that was probably one of the biggest parts of my decision too. Yeah. So just again, touching on that, do you know the video I'm talking about that you did or your yeah, dad did with yeah, the five birds? So, yeah. <laughs> so is that a big part of your personality? Do you think you are someone that sits back and sort of analyzes mm. things before you jump into a situation? Yeah, I think so. I'm probably like pretty laid back sort of person. You could probably ask anyone. They're like, oh, she's that chill. Like, <laughs> but I like, yeah, if I'm in a group of like people, I'll just sit back and like kind of listen sort of thing rather than get like real into it. So I think, yeah, probably like even in like my netball, like doing drills and stuff, I'm like, I have to go at the back so I can like watch before I like jump into it sort of thing. So yeah, that's definitely one of my biggest personality traits. So you're, <laughs> you're a visual learner. There's a lot of us that are like that. Yeah, I'm the yeah. exact same. If someone explains yeah. something, I'm like, I don't get it. And then when you write it down on a piece of paper, I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah, yeah, I like not. If someone's talking to me, I'm like, no, nah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, how is that? Have you always known that about you, and that's how you work best and learn best, or is that something you've only sort of known recently? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I think I've probably always done that. Um, yeah, probably since I was little, like, just watch everyone because I'm not, like, the most outgoing person. I'm pretty, like, quiet, like, in situations. So I'm probably just, like, watching and then when I'm, like, comfortable, I just, like, dig into it, yeah. So not the most confident or outgoing person. How did you first settle into the Firebird side when you yeah. started playing games in 2020? Yeah, um, oh, I was probably, when I first joined as, like, a training partner, I probably didn't, like, say a word to any of the girls. I was probably like, who is this, <laughs> like, 17-year-old girl that's, like, little and doesn't really talk? But I think because I've been there for about five years, I was, like, pretty comfortable and um, I made, like, a few of my best friends there, so I'm just, like, real comfortable in that position. So it would probably be pretty tricky for me to, like, move to Adelaide, but 
I know a few of the girls there already, so I'm feeling pretty good about it, yeah. Because you mentioned you were a training partner while you were still at school. At what point did you realise you could make a living and a career and make money and make netball your job? When did that become a realistic option? Um, It was probably um, when I first got offered a contract. So I got offered a contract and then hurt myself and then didn't play in, I think it was 2018. But I was like, what, how cool is this? Like I'm 18 years old and like making money, like pretty good money for an 18 year old, um, like just at uni too. So I thought it was like pretty awesome. Yeah. What do you, what we, are you still at uni? Yeah. Yeah. What are you studying? I'm doing business. How's that going? Oh, I'm doing it pretty slow. <laughs> I've literally done two subjects this year. I'm horrible. But, yeah, it's a pretty easy, like, degree too. I reckon it's pretty, like, laid back. and So it's probably the one for me, yeah. <laughs> How hard is it to manage training and then study and then a social life, seeing your family and friends all in one? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty hard. I reckon I probably need to do a little bit more study. I would probably put my social <laughs> life before my study. But um, I always get it done. So um, I reckon it's just like planning out your day and seeing where you can find time to fit stuff in. Yeah. So obviously moving to the Thunderbirds, are you going to have to like assert your dominance when you get there and let club champion Georgie Hall just know that the goal attack bib's yours? Or how, how are we going to work that out? <laughs> Yeah, I know. She's such an amazing player. Um, I'm actually pretty keen to work on with her. She seems like a really, like, cute and, like, sweet girl. So She does, doesn't I'm it? pretty keen to jump in. Yeah, yeah. So I think, um, like, hopefully our role is, like, a little bit of switching sort of thing or mm-hmm. if, like, one of us plays wing attack or goal attack, we can play at the same time sort of thing. Or if um, there's, like, super short opportunities, we can both jump on there and really help each other out and take the pressure off one another. So, yeah. Because I, in an interview, I think Georgie mentioned she's looking forward to potentially swinging out to goal attack. Oh, sorry, to wing attack. Yeah. Are you comfortable playing shooter, goal attack, and wing attack as well? Can you play, would you be comfortable playing all three? Yeah, I would. I probably need to work on my wing attack game a little more. Like, I haven't really dove deep into it. I've done it a lot at, like, trainings, Mm. but not really in gameplay. So, but I think, like, my sort of goal attack game is, like, a feeding sort of like goal attack anyway. So I feel like I'd be pretty comfortable there. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the super shot? Do you like it? Oh, I absolutely love it. (laughs) Yeah. Talk to me about why you love it because like, are you on Twitter? Do you have a Twitter account? No, I don't. Okay. So there's a huge, I don't know if you know, but there's a huge netball community on Twitter and that's where all the netball discussion happens. Right. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of netball traditionalists who mm. are against the super shot. Can you explain as a player why you love it so much? Yeah, I just think it's like a great opportunity. We talked about it a lot to like, it's like a three-point play pretty much. Like if you get a turnover, you can get three points from it. So I think it's just, a, it's actually a skill to be able to like know when to shoot them and not to. So I think that adds like a great element of skill to the game. And I was talking to Gretel this year. She was like, cause it was her first year doing it. And she was like, Oh my God, I get why you love it so much. Like the roar that the crowd does when you get a super shot is absolutely like awesome. So yeah. Okay. Following on from that, you're in the diamonds development squad. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 
God, I've done some pretty good research here, haven't I? So, <laughs> so Diamond's Development Squad, right? And the Super Shot isn't played in international netball. What about how yeah. that affects all the Australian players playing with a Super Shot during the year, well, you know, during the Super Netball season? And then different rules when you're playing international netball, including timeouts as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so timeouts is probably a tricky one because you kind of – I love timeouts. It's like a time to, like, reset and, like, jump out there. So I haven't really played without timeouts yet, but I'm sure you kind of have to learn to, like, figure it out on the court. So that's probably some, something that you do in training when you're in the Diamonds environment. I think they did that when I was in New Zealand with them this year. But um, – yeah, the super shot. I think as a shooter, we have to learn to shoot from anywhere anyways. That's, like, pretty much our job. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, even Maria, like, she doesn't even shoot anywhere close to the um, ring. So I think it's just a skill and um, you can definitely implement it into international netball without having it as a rule. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Do you like the super shot? I do. Yeah, I like it. I think it's really interesting. And it adds another yeah. element to the game. But I don't think... I'm not someone who's grown up with netball. I worked at Netball Vicken with the Vixens. And when I worked there, yeah. I fell in love with netball. And since then, I've followed it. And I understand the arguments that people have against the Super Shot because it's not played in international netball. So why are we playing yeah. it there? But mm-hmm. I just think from a commercial standpoint, if it brings more people to the game because that last five minutes is so exciting. And like you said, as a player... You look forward to those last five minutes. When you yeah. get when you get the ball, and now that they have when you get the ball in the circle, now that there's the distinction between a one and a two point shot and it's like painted on the court, do you get nervous or do you feel any different when you're having your shot from further out? Um, I'm probably like I wouldn't say I'm a long-range shooter, probably like a mid-range. Like yep. probably where the line is, that's where I'm most comfortable from shooting. So I definitely – it probably is a little bit of pressure just having that like white thing in yep. there. But um, I just think it's a part of my game now. So I kind of just have to like take it in. I love pressure. So like I probably thrive under pressure. So it's kind of where I feel comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Pressure. Great. Um Oh my god! What is wrong with me? I can't talk today. Great <laughs> segue. <laughs> oh my god, um, mate! Again, in this video that I watched to do my research, um, as a kid growing up, you spent five years in China and five years in Singapore. Yeah. What yeah, was that like? How old were you? Was that from like age zero to ten, or how old were you when you were in China and Singapore? Um, I think I left, so we left Australia when I was um, eight, I think. So I grew up like a little bit in Australia and then we moved to Shanghai. I think we were there four years in each, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, China's like completely different. Like it's a different world over there. Like it's so much fun there. I loved living over there. It's um, a great place to grow up. But um, Singapore is probably more like a mini Australia, I would say. Um, it's like I went to an Australian school. I was surrounded by Australians. I played like netball in an Australian like school. So it was pretty big over there. But, um, yeah, it's just, I think it's, it was awesome growing up over there. And then I came back for boarding school when I was in grade nine. So I think I was 14. Okay. So how much has the upbringing, so it's really interesting that you grew up from being born 
to when you were eight-ish in Australia. Yeah. So you kind of learned about the Australian culture. You, I guess, experienced life up until that point as an Australian. And then going over, how much did it shape who you are today and your views and your ideas on the world and your thoughts on life, being able to spend yeah. that time living in a different country as a kid? Did it give you a bigger appreciation for the world? I don't know. That's such a weird question. Yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah, so, like, all of my friends, like, because I went to international schools, like, all my friends were from everywhere, especially in Shanghai. So, I think I just appreciate, like, people a little bit more. Like, I've grown up in such a, like, crazy culture. But we did, like, heaps of travelling when I was little too as a family. So, we went, like, we've done, like, all Southeast Asia, Europe and that too. So, I'm just thankful that I've been able to travel when I was little as well. Because we aren't allowed to now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Are you in Tassie at the moment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What have you? So you're with Lara, Rudy, and Gabby. Yeah. What are you girls yeah, been up or, to? Fill us in. <laughs> we've like pretty much just been traveling around Tassie for a little bit. We um, thought we were like we got to get out of Brisbane um, just to have a little bit of a refresher and a holiday. So we just um, traveled up and down the east coast of Tassie, and it's absolutely beautiful. You feel like you're in, like, the Bahamas or something. Like, the beaches are that good here. <laughs> the Bahamas. It's, it's actually so, like, crazy. I was like, I didn't know Tassie was this beautiful, but um, hopefully they can get a team here one day. But, um, yeah, and we just went up to um, Cradle Mountain, so we were, like, in the snow. So it's, like, crazy that we can go to the snow and then go to the Bahamas as well. It's pretty cool. <laughs> and how good is, the like, the landscape for Insta as well? Some great Insta oh, shots. Yeah. I know Rudy's loving it. She loves a bit of Insta. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we've got heaps of photos. Will we see them rolled out like strategically over the next few months, you reckon? Yeah, probably. I'm not the biggest Insta gal, but I'll probably get a post or two out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, not the biggest Insta girl, but you do. Do you love a bit of TikTok? Stop. Have you done your research? <laughs> So that's so funny. That's my question. Who's going to be your new TikTok dance partner at the Thunderbirds? Yeah, I know because me and Lazy won't be together anymore. We're TikTok partners, but yeah. oh, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the girls do any TikToks from the Thunderbirds. I reckon Shamira. She seems oh, like yeah, she can she dance. Be, she'd probably be a better dancer than me, so I might have to pick someone else. <laughs> or maybe just get some lessons off camera, and then when you're up to scratch. You can jump. Yeah, on the true. She can teach me how to dance. <laughs> so now, Tipper, I've actually a question I had. How often do people mispronounce your name or misspell your name? Um, yeah. Oh, well, both Tipper and Dewan. Um, <laughs> a lot of people say like Dewan and stuff like that, but that's right. I don't really care about the last name pronunciation, but. Like, oh, I get really, like, nervous when I, like, have to say my name at, like, coffee shops and stuff. I'm like, Tipper, and they're like, what? Like, Tipper? <laughs> Do you ever go with a fake name just to make it easier? Oh, if I'm with someone else, I'll use their name. So I'll be like, oh, it's for Lara. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, I mentioned before that um, Twitter has a huge netball community. So what I've done is I've enacted the services of someone who's big in the netball Twitter community and I've got them to record a question each week for the show mm -hmm. and I'll play that now. So there's two questions, so I'll pause it halfway through, but I'm going to share my screen. Hi, Tommy. Hi, Tipper. Thank you so much for having me on the show. My name is Georgia 
so Tipper, my question for you today is that you've made the move from the Firebirds to the Thunderbirds. Was one of the reasons that you made the move was because you didn't want to play against Shamira Sterling anymore and wanted to play with her? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first question. Oh, was that, that exactly the reason? <laughs> well, I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, it's definitely a positive. Like, now I don't have to verse her. She's probably the hardest defender out there, especially, like, the dead long arms. But I reckon that, like, Georgie's, like, so good at shooting over, like, long arms. So I think she just practices on the best. So I'm, like, that keen to get in there and, like, not be worried about hands anymore. It'll be great. <laughs> well, I guess that's also a great bonus, right? If you're playing against the best defender every week at training, multiple times a week, mm. then that's only going to improve your game. Yeah, exactly. It's a huge positive. I'm pretty keen. Okay, amazing. Now let's share the screen again, get to George's second question. Um, and my second question is, who is the biggest pest defender in the league? Biggest pest defender? Anyone come oh, to mind? Yeah, always. I always get this question. I always say the same person. <laughs> Joe Weston. She yeah. is an absolute pest on the court, but it's so good. Like She's so good at defending, say. Can you take us um, into, not into, onto the court? What does a pest defender actually do? What makes Joe a pest? Um, oh, she just doesn't leave you alone. Like, even when the ball's down the other end of the court, she's like, right next to you. I'm like, oh, do you want to have a chat, Joe? No. <laughs> but she's like, yeah. And then when you're playing on her, she's just like a tagger, I would say. She doesn't let you leave. And she's pretty fast for her height too. So I kind of have to try and get around her, but she's hard too. So, yeah, she's absolute pest. <laughs> now, another question. When it comes to being a pest defender, how – you know how physical someone like Sam Pullman is? Does that mm-hmm. bring you into the game more? Does that get you up and about as well? Yeah, it definitely does. I think it sort of gets you a bit angry, which is a good thing. But yeah. um, like when you first get on, especially when you come off the bench, you're like straight into it sort of thing. You don't have time to think about it, which is yeah. a good thing. But yeah, definitely gets you up and going. Is that hard? You mentioned you played as an impact player a lot this past season, is it hard coming into the game knowing that, cool, it's the last five minutes and I've got to take every super shot I can and that's literally my role? Um, I think if it's your role, you try and nail it sort of thing. So I actually love being an impact player. I think it's a great opportunity to just get out there and um, you don't really have too much pressure on yourself, I would say. You do in the super shots, but just getting on and – giving it your all and trying to make an impact. And you obviously have the most, like, energy out there if you're, like, feeling fresh. So you kind of just take the workload off the other girls as well. <laughs> Perfect, mate. That makes sense. Now, Tipper, that's all i got for you, mate. I really appreciate your time. I know you're in Tassie. I'm sure um, there's going to maybe be some more Insta picks today. We can all follow along and see what you girls are up yeah, to. Yeah, there probably will be. <laughs> um, but, Tipper, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck next season with the Thunderbirds. And thank you so much for having a chat. Oh, thank you so much. That was lots of fun.